0: Welcome to the Health Business Growth Show, where we take you behind the scenes of the top health businesses to learn how they built their success. Remember, success leaves clues, and we're going to be sharing those with you. I'm your host, JJ Bergen, Inc. 5000 founder of the Mindshare Collaborative, along with members of our Mindshare mentor team. And each week, we are joined by some of the most brilliant, innovative, and okay slightly unhinged health business experts you're going to ever meet. These folks have built empires from scratch, navigated the choppy waters of entrepreneurship, and will be sharing both their struggles and their successes on the journey of creating a thriving health business. So if you're ready to take your business to the next level by learning from the best, you are in the right place. In each episode of the Health Business Growth Show, we'll tackle real world, relevant topics to help you build your audience and scale your income. From marketing to mindset, from hiring to firing, and everything in between. We'll share our own stories of success and failure, interview some of the most amazing guests in the health business world, and we promise to never take ourselves too seriously. Because let's be honest building your health business can be a bit challenging at times. Success takes resilience, creativity, courage, and a willingness to step outside of your comfort zone. And we are here to help you navigate through all of it, find the humor in the chaos, and build a health business that's truly worth it. So let's get this party started. We are so glad you are here.
1: Hi. This is Dr. Heather Paulson, Mindshare Mentor. On this episode, I interview Dr. Elisa Song, an integrative pediatric physician located in San Francisco, California. We talk about how she shifted from a traditional Stanford medicine-based pediatric practice to online platforms to educate parents to create a happier and healthier world for their kids. Dr. Song shares some key takeaways in this episode, like how to prevent burnout Transitioning from one-to-one patient care to having an online presence, how to stay true to one's personal values while creating online offers, how to refine your message so that it resonates with your audience, how to take your expertise to create helpful one-of-a-kind supplements, and what it's like to write a book and work with big New York publishers. Dr. Song's upcoming book, Happy Kids, Healthy Kids, will be released in 2024. So let's hear what advice Dr. Elisa Song has for us. Hello, and welcome to the Health Business Growth Show. I'm Dr. Heather Paulson, one of the Mindshare mentors. And today I'm here with Dr. Elisa Song. Thank you so much for joining us.
2: It's so fun to be back on
1: with you. Elisa, can you share a little bit about who you are and what you've been through in your business journey? Just a brief little snippet.
2: I'm Dr. Elisa Song, and I am a holistic pediatrician and pediatric functional medicine expert. And when I first came to the Mindshare, this is now seven years ago, I had a brick and mortar, totally burnt out, trying to find meaning in my life. And now fast forward seven years in the mastermind, and I have a thriving online platform, Healthy Kids, Happy Kids, and I'm really creating the life and business of my dreams.
1: Awesome. I know so many of our listeners can relate to being stuck in their clinic, trading their time for patients' time and money and feeling burnt out for sure. What were your big dreams at that time when you were feeling burnt out and in your brick and mortar?
2: I didn't know. When I came, I had a booming integrated pediatric practice and I had a partner who had just told me that she was moving to Southern California. And so I literally went through this crisis of how can I take on another full patient panel when I'm already working like a dog and I have two little kids at home and I didn't know what I was going to do. And so I just thought to myself, what I need is to figure out how to get the passion back in my practice, in my business. How do I Go back to when I first started the practice, you know, 20 years before then, when I was so excited to open up my integrated pediatric practice, practice functional medicine and homeopathy and acupuncture and do all the things. How do I get that back? And so I realized I wasn't in a place of creation. It was more mm-hmm. just the day to day of seeing my amazing patients, but still the day to day. And so my Designs for Health rep said, Oh, there's this thing called Mindshare. Would you like to maybe go? And I, I hadn't heard of JJ Virgin at the time. I read that it was for health practitioners who wanted to be entrepreneurs. and I thought, you know, why not? Why not go and just see what windows open? And so I came with a really open mind and I just thought I'm going to create something bigger than this. Yes, I will have my double patient load, but if I'm creating and I'm visioning, then it doesn't feel as much like work. That's where I started. I, didn't, I did not have any major goals.
1: Okay, so you didn't have like, oh, in my dream, I would reach this many people or support this many You know, kids.
2: it wasn't so much a number. It was just more that my practice had already been closed to new patients for, at that point, it was probably a few years. I accept patients here and there on referral and especially complicated cases, but I really haven't been able to see new patients because it's me in the practice. For, I mean, almost 10 years, right? I've been doing this for 20. And it just was so heartbreaking for me to hear the patient calls, having moms asking, is there anyone like you in the Bay Area that I can travel to? I need help for my kids. And I just couldn't do it. I physically couldn't do it because I was just so tired every day, you know, from seeing patients all day long. And what I really wanted was to figure out can I do more education online? Can I? support more families in the way I'm supporting them in the office, but without me having to see them physically. And so that's really why I was there. I didn't know how to create online courses. I actually just thought back then blogging was the thing, right? So mm-hmm. why don't I start a blog? And why don't I you know, get more education and content out there? I didn't have any social media. I mean, literally, I got to chair, And I remember meeting Mary Agnes Antonopoulos. And she's like, you need to start a Facebook page and like a Facebook page. I don't, <laughs> so I opened up my Facebook account and I'm like, how do I open up a Facebook business page? And I had to literally text her and say, how do I make a post? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I didn't know anything about social media back then. And it's funny to think about that now because really, you know, a lot of people look at my platform and think, oh my gosh, you know, she does social media so well. And how does she do it? And, you know, her posts get so much reach and like, you just start. Back then, I would never have imagined that I would have the following I do now, be able to provide the content and the education I do now and be able to give such value. And it's amazing. And I'm not going to say the journey was all uphill, right? There's ups and downs and ups Mm -hmm. and downs. But before I came here this weekend to the MindShare Summit, I remember texting JJ and saying, I don't know that I could go on stage. I have such imposter syndrome, <laughs> right? She you know, gave me that kind of gentle smack in the head like she does. Mm-hmm. And really, I had to stop and look back down the hill, down the mountain, right? At how far I've come instead of just looking at this peak that seemed to be getting higher and higher, right? Yeah.
1: Well, we're going to talk about some of the peaks that you have coming up that we're really excited to celebrate with you. But before we do that, I wanted to circle back to how you just got started. Like, you didn't know how to do any of this, and you just took action. You asked for help. We love to call it imperfect action Mm -hmm. here. You took that imperfect action, which as physicians, sometimes that's hard for us to do things imperfectly. But one of the things that you mentioned is that you really loved seeing yourself as an educator. And that's one of the things I really love about you, too but early on i remember you having a lot of kind of back and forth in your mind or in conversation like how can i ethically educate yep. without crossing boundaries or laws or getting into the hot mix of debates around vaccines and things mm-hmm. so can you talk me through like where that started and where you're at now in that role as a health educator for kids.
2: Yeah, I think especially for for health entrepreneurs and practitioners starting out, I think that the most valuable lesson for me in all of this and the growth that I've done in all of this is to get really clear in who I am and what my values are and what my voice is. Mm-hmm. And you know, for everyone, it's unique. And so, when I first came here, I came home and I spoke to Peter, my husband, who's also you know, COO of our businesses, right? Or online and our brick and mortar. And I told him, oh, we need to get a team and I need to get a social media person. I need to get a writer and blah, 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 blah. Right. And he's like, wait a second, but that's not how we do things. We work hard. We have our vision and we have our values. And even to this day, we don't have a huge team because we value being really family run and really doing things in our way and coming home and learning from here taking what is helpful and useful and really learning how to not chase that shiny new object right <laughs> because
0: that's mm-hmm. one of the
2: hardest things to do as a health entrepreneur but really it's becoming confident in your voice that is the most important thing and that's been invaluable whether it's speaking at functional medicine conferences or being interviewed on podcasts or summits or you know even being on media It's really getting very clear on your message and your voice. And for me, it was really clear as an integrated pediatrician, there is a message that that I need to get out and that I want to share with parents. But it's not an either or message. Because when I first started, I remember the day that I joined Mastermind, someone said to me, you have to pick a side. You know, you have to be either really holistic or you have to be conventional. Where's your stand? I'm like, why do I have to take a stand? Because that's not me, and that's not what I practice, and that's not what I share with the patients in my office. I share how to integrate and make really you know clear informed decisions for their families that are in line with their family's values, and so that's been the message all through. But it took me a while because I really thought, do I need to be that controversial? Take that stand, and some of what I say already is controversial. Just in whatever sphere, I mean, you're never going to please everybody. And I think then knowing who you are, what your message is, and finding those people who resonate with your message, that's the beauty of it.
1: Yeah. One of my mentors early on said that being in that integrative space, because I share that mm-hmm. with you, that that is controversial. Yes. Because there's so many taking a side on either side of that fence yeah. and like fighting on that hill, dying on that hill, as they say. And to be in the middle, to be the bridge between the two, like sometimes that's the most uncomfortable space to be because you don't fit on this side of the fence and you don't fit on that side of the fence. And it can be a controversial stance.
2: Yeah. Well, I mean, it was really clear during the pandemic, right? I mean, talk about really the divide, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, especially in the health and wellness space. And I had people coming at me saying, you're to this or you're to that. And why did you say this? And why did you take a stand on that? And yet you have to separate that noise out and really come back to, there are so many moms and families and practitioners who like came up to me and said, you got us through the pandemic because you had such a reasoned, rational voice that helped us to think through these issues that sometimes we couldn't even talk about with our family members, mm-hmm. right? Or our friends. And yeah. so I did it for me, right? Because during that time when there's uncertainty, my job, I feel, is to do the research for parents and other pediatric practitioners to distill that into actionable information.
1: Yeah. So you talk really clearly about taking a stand and knowing your voice. And some of those ways you shared that you learned your voice was speaking at conferences or doing podcast interviews. What other kinds of practices would you recommend for someone listening to this podcast being like, I'm not really sure what my stance is or what my voice is. What would be one piece of advice for them?
2: You have to say it over and over and over again. Even if you're not on podcasts right now or summits or you don't have TV or radio appearances, that's okay. You have your platform. Even if you have 10 followers, you could do an Instagram live, you can do Instagram stories, you can do Facebook live. The more you practice your voice and your message, the more clear it becomes and the more you will find people that resonate with that. So I just would get on and start talking. And you know, if you're a little anxious about being broadcast so publicly, then just do it for yourself. For me, I'm not going to say everyone has to, but for me and for many people, it's not enough to say it inside your head. You have to speak the words, right? <laughs> embody it physically. Yeah. And so say that we look in the mirror. You know, I used to, when I practice my talks, I'll line up my kids stuffed animals on the couch and I'll just talk. And then you see where you stumble in your message. You hear and you feel when you get more excited about something. And that's when you know that's my message. When I stumble, I need to say it a different way. It's practicing. And I've had so much practice over the years. But when I started, it was not like this. Your heart starts racing and you're like, oh my gosh, what am I going to say? You only get more confident. It's like, you know, walking or learning how to ride a bike. You're not going to get it the first time and you will trip up. You will say things that you're like, oh my gosh, why did I say that? You know, but then the more you practice, the more clear you get in how you share your message.
1: Yeah. And you know what you made me think of in sharing that is that a lot of, people, a lot of physicians, clinicians come here actually already knowing a piece of their message without knowing that they know a piece of their message. Because just like you're saying, repeating it over and over again, probably they're already doing that in their practice, right? It's the things that you say over and over again to your patients, or you say over and over again to somebody new that you've just met, or how you explain a certain piece of physiology to people that they really like, oh, I finally get it. Like, that makes sense to me. So they probably have something.
2: 100%. In fact, I was speaking with one of the new Mindshare attendees at lunch, and she is working on developing a course. And as practitioners, we want to dump all of our knowledge into the (laughs) online course. But you have to know X, Y, and Z, right? But that's not Your patient's journey, if you think about it, when they come into the office for your first consultation, you are not dumping two hours worth of information. You give them a a little chunk and then they really embrace that, learn that, embody that. Then they come back and give them another chunk. And so when we think about the online course, we have to think about it that way. That's what mindshare in the mastermind. You're always thinking about, in this case, your customer journey. But in your office, we have patient journeys all the time that mirror the customer journey that will eventually, if you have an online course, you need to mirror. And so I told her, get permission from some of your patients to just record, not to publish, but record the conversation. Because the way you say things that you've developed over five, 10 years of practice or more, that's what you want to put in your course. And that's Mm -hmm. the journey that you want to follow. And then you have your course right there. And so I think if we as practitioners, you're right. I mean, we've been doing this. We just haven't really embraced the fact that we're doing this and that we can bring that piece of it online.
1: Absolutely. So you figured out how to make a Facebook post. (laughs) 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 And you are in this space online, bringing things online and in published works and different things. How did you make that transition from awkwardly learning how to make a Facebook post and make a Facebook group? What was your next step? Was the summit your next
2: step? That was the next step. So even before I joined the mastermind, Mary Agnes Antonopoulos, she was one of the first people I met at my first Mitro Summit. And she said, you should host a summit. It's not that challenging, it's a lot of work, but you record the interviews. And at that point, that first summit, nobody was doing video interviews, so it was all audio. And my husband, who is also super tech, tech wizard, he could scrub the audio and, and really make it clean, put the intro and the outro in. And so we hosted our own summit. It was so much work, but I tell you, that was invaluable because A, I got to meet so many cool people that I invited to be on the summit. And recognize, look at all the people I already know that are so cool that I want to get their message out.
0: Mm -hmm. You know, pediatricians
2: that really don't have a voice that now I can give them a voice on this platform. And so I got really good at interviewing people. And then I also had to record some of my own sessions. So I got better at speaking to the camera. And so that was really the first thing, the Thriving Child Summit. And to this day, I've, you know, people have been following me since the beginning. It was in 2016. And they still are like, when are you going to do another one? (laughs) Because it was so great. I mean, it was so great. And we did it just for people listening. Peter and I, we were the team. He created the website. I made all the copy, the email funnels. We got our affiliates on board. It was a lot of work. I mean, I'm not going to say it was a lot of work, but we learned so much from that. That was before we joined the mastermind. And then I was ready. Then I thought, you know what? I want to join the mastermind because now I have this growing list. I'm going to host another summit. Which I did, I have two summits. But now what? And I thought, okay, now I can think about what course do I want to create? What do I want to accomplish from this platform other than, you know, educating and bringing value, which is great. But you can't keep going and providing value and education if you're not also making a living off of it. It's just bottom line. And I think that's where, for me, that was actually one of the biggest hurdles is thinking about making money in the online space.
0: Mm. Because
2: I thought, oh, well, that's kind of icky, right? I mean, so do I have to be a salesperson? Do I have to, you know, write all these funnels that are time-limited, scarcity, all the things? And that's where, again, knowing who you are, what your values are, what feels right to you. And so from there, I realized, you know what? I can do this, but it has to be my own voice, which is why I still write all my own copy right now. And I mean, I got the best compliment the other week. I, I sent down an email and I can't remember what it was about, but this one mom wrote back and she said, I'm in the marketing space and I just have to say, I love your emails. And she said, your emails and your subject lines, they're one of the few that I ever open. It just warmed my heart because it's my voice. Yeah. I mean, at this point now, a lot of people, I mean, my audience and my followers, they know my voice and the one time I veered And I used someone else's copy. I didn't check it because I was in a rush and I just put it up. A mom called me on it, a patient. She said, You know, Elisa, I would have bought from you anyway. You didn't have to make it sound so, it just sounded kind of salesy. And I just wanted Mm. to let you know. And I was like, Oh my gosh, right? Because I never want to sound salesy. And so that was a big lesson for me to really sit back and just think, Okay, how do I always put things in my voice? And now, You don't always have to write your own copy. Some people, I love to write, but not everyone loves to write. But you need to then have a writer who knows your voice, who can translate whatever copy you get into you. And that's when people will want to open, want to follow you, want to hear your voice over and over again.
1: Yeah. Just like you can have a branding style guide that has your colors and your logos, you can have a copy style guide too that says words that you use or don't use in your copy, what your tone of voice is, how, hard you hit the this is on sale for this amount of time or (laughs) dial it back and be like this will be available yep until you need it (laughs) yeah so that's a great tip is to get to know your copy style and make sure that it's in alignment with your values for your company the values for yourself and how you want to communicate with your customers because we don't have to go out there and be hardcore digital marketers, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, and you know, important. you can
2: be if that resonates with you, yes. right? And there are some, some people who just love that aspect of it. But you know, you got to know what a funnel is. You have to know the yes. elements of a good funnel and you have to know what converts and all the marketing things. You have to know that. And some people run with it. And then other people like me, I know that. And then I take elements of it that feel right for me and my business.
1: Yeah, I love that. Did you have to do any mindset shifts around marketing to go from, I can speak and I can make money from this online business. I can support my family with this online business and do anything to not feel awkward about that. Because I know a lot of the clinicians we work with, there is a little mental block around having a successful business
2: that's based on
1: pain points people are experiencing in their health journey.
2: Yeah, 100%. I think any practicing clinician, I would say probably 99.9% of practicing clinicians need to have that mindset shift. And mm-hmm. I absolutely did. And any new health practitioner who comes to the summit or you know, even not new, but ongoing, and they're having money and abundance blocks, that's one of the biggest mindset shifts that has to happen. One of the things that I was talking with, again, another newer attendee is, We have to, especially as physicians, right? We're not paid a lot of money in our practices, especially primary care physicians, Mm -hmm. especially pediatricians. Mm -hmm. I mean, I read this one article saying that pediatricians are really the lowest paid medical profession and also have some of the lowest satisfaction scores, which Mm -hmm. is so sad to me, right? And so, you know, as pediatricians, if we come to this expecting that, you know, we're not going to get paid a lot and we shouldn't find joy in our careers, we're never going to be able to move past that abundance and money block to really have the life that we want. that And the other mindset shift that was really important for me and really important, I think, for health practitioners starting out in this space, like when I came, you know, I was burnt out. how do I get that joy back? right? How do I get that passion back So? the mindset shift that really has to happen is that you are not running away from your practice. You are running towards the business and the life that you want. And there's a very big difference there, right? Because if you're always looking at what you're trying to not have, you don't really have what you want.
1: Absolutely. I love that mindset. Okay, you didn't know how to do a Facebook post. You figured that out. You didn't know how to run a summit, but you and your husband figured that out. You started writing emails and figuring out how to write effective copy that translated into supporting the people who are on your email list. And let's fast forward a little bit. Maybe if I'm skipping anything that's important, please add it. But let's fast forward a bit to where you are now. So that was seven or eight years ago that you didn't know how to do a Facebook post. And now here you are. You're getting ready to launch a book with a big publishing company. You're launching your own product line. Talk to us about where you're at in this moment, because it's really exciting. It's really exciting, really exciting, yep.
2: And you know, my goal and my vision and my passion is to really bring pediatric integrative medicine to the forefront. You know, it starts with practitioners and we need more training. But I don't have it in me to right now, not yet, (laughs) to do a practitioner training. So one of the biggest honors that I have right now is to have been asked to be chair of pediatric functional medicine for A4M, which is one of the largest you know, functional medicine training academies in the world. And so they are now really committed to prioritizing pediatric functional medicine, which, I mean, it's about time. You know, instead of waiting till all these adults have chronic illnesses and then trying to biohack your way out of that, why not start from the beginning? And so so that's amazing. I mean, that if I could say that was my life's work, I'd be so happy, right? Mm -hmm. But then on top of that, I've had the opportunity to speak around the world at different functional medicine conferences and get paid much better than I was before. Because a lot of practitioners speak for free, right? right? And so that too, that mindset shift to think, Yeah, I deserve to get paid a lot of money to speak because think of all the time you spend that, you know, maybe a week preparing for the conference, you know, doing the research, writing your PowerPoint slides, then the time you take off to travel and miss, you know, your patient hours and not generate revenue in your office to go to the conference. It's a lot. So I feel really blessed in all of that and just so many more great things to come because I have the book coming out in May of 2024 which will reach more families, more parents and practitioners and kids who need to understand really what it means to thrive and how to do that, especially in our modern world. And the new supplement line and yeah, it's very exciting. It's really the goal here is to really think, how can we revolutionize children's health? How do we make that difference? Because our kids are not okay right now. I mean, Mm -hmm. they're not, they're not thriving. When nearly one in two kids has some sort of a chronic health concern or condition, we should not accept that as okay, and, and we should not accept that as normal. And it's really up to health practitioners who are, you know, bold enough and willing enough, like the folks here at the Mindshare, right, in the Mastermind, to step out and be that public voice, because it's not going to change unless we have that public global movement.
1: Absolutely. And what's the name of your book, and when is it being published?
2: So May 14, 2024 is launch date. With HarperCollins. <laughs> uh, yeah, and it's called Healthy Kids, Happy Kids, An Integrative Pediatrician's Guide to Whole Child Resilience.
1: Amazing. What do you think, I mean, without going too deep into writing a book and launching a book, because that could be its own <laughs> podcast episode for sure, what do you think put you in the position mentally or in your audience to be able to write this book
2: and and release it it's just steadily sharing information and building the online audience building an email list which is really one of the most important things is you can have this huge social media following and yet if they're not getting on your list you're not going to do as much good for the world and so i think just really that slow and steady right I think people can look and think, oh, my gosh, look at how much you've done. But, you know, it wasn't overnight. Nothing's overnight. One of the things that really propelled me was actually the pandemic in an odd way, in an unusual way, because a lot of us, the pandemic opened up a lot of opportunities, but also closed doors for some people. And so for me, it just opened up a lot of opportunities because during that quiet time. And I'd already been building my presence. So I remember speaking with Celeste Fine about a book. And I said, I'm not ready to write a book. <laughs> this is before, the, just before, you know, this is winter, early, like January of 2020, just before we went to lockdown. And then all of a sudden, you know, May 15, when schools closed and life shut down, I had these three months with really not seeing patients, doing a few televisits here and there, but that wasn't huge back then just yet. and my son got COVID
0: right mm-hmm, in March. And so
2: that was before we even knew what COVID really was mm-hmm. and you know, how kids were doing. And so, so that propelled me into diving deep into the research, into functional medicine considerations. Even before he got sick, this was at the end of February, I was the last conference I went to before, before shutdown. It was A4M. And I had spent hours and hours and hours and hours researching what is SARS-CoV-2? What do we learn from SARS-CoV-1? What are some functional medicine considerations? And I wrote this huge blog, (laughs) right? On, you know, what, I think I called it, you know, what a holistic pediatrician wants you to know about SARS-CoV-2, because it wasn't called COVID-19 just yet. Mm -hmm. And it was a huge blog. And literally, I mean, within two hours, our website crashed. I mean, we've had over like, probably one and a half million views on that article. And so that was, I guess, fate then, right? Because I had that mm-hmm. research and then Bodhi got sick. And so then, and he was hospitalized for a little bit, but I knew from the research kind of what to do. And then I just started posting about COVID and what do we know about kids? What is the data? Trying to keep track of all the current events. And, and that built so much trust in parents who were in the same boat as me as a parent, scared shitless, right? Like, yeah. oh my God, what's happening? And then really trying to find the calm in all of that.
1: Yeah. And it sounds like it helped build your confidence in your voice too, or maybe that you have something to share mm -hmm. in a bigger way and move forward with this book.
2: Absolutely. And through that, then finally, you know, at one point Celeste called me and she's like, now you're ready to write your book. Mm -hmm. I said, okay, I think I am. It was really, I was saying that first few months where it was quiet and I didn't have my practice that was night and day, you know, busy, busy, busy. The kids didn't have, you know, after-school activities that we were running around, you know, mm-hmm. driving them to. I didn't have to pack school lunches and all the things, right? We slowed down. And so that gave me the hours in the day to write and mm-hmm. post social media stuff and do reels. And it was that time. And you think, okay, if you could carve out that time, which is why this summer that we're sitting at right now This is actually the first time where I'm not leaving on Sunday (laughs) because that quiet time to consolidate, to really formulate, to think, it's so precious and so important. And it's not something that we give ourselves often. So as practitioners, if you can carve that into your a day, a week or whatever it is, you will find that clarity in what your next steps are. Yeah. And
1: it's like you said in the beginning of this interview, we're talking about creating creative space. And how that's allowed you to manifest all of these different avenues of teaching people and reaching them about children's health, from physician lectures to talking to parents in your office to online courses and summits. I mean, you're really covering the gamut of all the ways to be a true educator. And we really love that how about you, Lisa. And we know that you're making a huge. Shift in the healthcare of kids, which then translates into the healthcare of the planet and adults and all of us. So, thank you so much for the message you're putting out there. And I would feel remiss if I didn't give you just 30 seconds to talk about your supplement line, if you want to oh, introduce yeah. the name of it <laughs> and what you're hoping to achieve with that, real briefly.
2: So we have our Healthy Kids, Happy Kids line of supplements. And so now this is my first foray into really custom formulating the ultimate essential supplement that I've been dreaming of, like visioning. (laughs) Ever since I started this, you know, through the past 20 years of what do kids really need to thrive? And it really does stem from the microbiome, right? We all know all health starts in the gut, but it's not just about, the more research I've done, it's not about throwing probiotics at your kid's gut. And it's also not about, like sprinkling multivitamins at them, right? Mm-hmm. It's really about a comprehensive plan to provide daily essential nutrients for your kids and their microbiome. So a comprehensive kid-specific prebiotic blend, phytonutrient blend, superfood fiber blend, real fruits and vegetables in there, knowing that one in two kids don't eat any vegetables you know, on any given day. The new supplement that I'm formulating, it's called Hello Biome. Really excited to bring that out.
1: Yeah, we're really excited to see it too. For those of you listening who were not at the Mindshare Summit, we did have our version of the Shark Tank that we called the Brass Ring. And Elisa was one of the winners of the Brass Ring and got some good feedback and Mm -hmm. some capital to bring this dream to a reality. So congratulations on that. It
2: was so exciting. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) We're going to
1: be celebrating with you a lot in the end of this year and 2024 with your book coming out and all of the great things that you're accomplishing. But mostly, I just want to thank you for being such a great community member, a great friend to people who come into this group. She's won the Go-Giver Award for many years in (laughs) a row. (laughs) And if it wasn't for you, I wouldn't have been able to run a summit. You taught me how to do a summit. (laughs) And I know you've held many people's hands through this process. So thank you for being like such a great heart in this space and shifting the health of the planet. Oh, thank you, Heather. I hope you enjoyed this episode with Dr. Elisa Song. I really enjoyed talking with her and sharing our insights together. Please feel free to leave a review for us or rate the podcast. Until next time, bye for now.
0: Here at the Mindshare Collaborative, we are committed to helping you increase your vision, income, and impact. One of the first things we'd love to support you on is adding a high-profit leveraged income stream so that you can enjoy more time and money freedom. And to help you get started, I've created the Health Professionals Playbook for building multiple streams of income. That identifies five proven strategies for creating a sustainable income beyond your primary practice to create time and money freedom. To get your free copy as my gift to you, go to ms365.io forward slash MSI. That's ms365.io forward slash MSI.